Um, I welcome every one of us back to Bible study in the name of Jesus. You know, um, the uh, the past few weeks I was saying it at home that I've been enjoying. I wasn't really that you know that and mom were here, so I was me. Yeah, I was just enjoying myself. I did not even prepare any Bible study, <laughs> but now that yeah they've gone back home i think they're on this call are they not i think yeah i think they are on this call i think so but the uh okay no worries it's all good so welcome everybody once again in the name of jesus and there is a series we've been doing um for a bit now we've been looking at the doctrines the foundational um, principles of the doctrine of christ and that's where we are going to continue today um so let's go to our anchor scripture by now i'm sure everybody would be able to quote that that verse offhand it says Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Can you hear me well on Zoom? Yes, sir. So, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, or or of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. He says, this will we do if God permits. And maybe I should even start from there today because you will notice that the word doctrine is singular. Every time it speaks of the doctrine of of Christ in the scriptures, it's always singular. It is when the Lord Jesus is talking of the doctrines of demons that you hear plural. The doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ is one. Which means every one of us, we owe ourselves that obligation to chase after that singular doctrine of Christ. You know, um, and then it says, living therefore the principles of the doctrines of Christ. So there are, these are the, the ones we have been studying. They are like the fundamental principles. They are the basics of of that singular doctrine they are the pillars upon which that singular doctrine rests and then uh so we've looked at most of them we've looked at found um the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards god we've looked at the doctrine of baptism we've looked at the doctrine of laying on of hands we've looked at um which other one looked at the doctrine of resurrection of the dead so we are basically on the last one so we are going to after all of this we are going to put all these audios we are going to put them on the telegram group so if you want to listen to them again you are free to download or you want to share it with somebody or whatever it is you want to do you are free to do so Today's Bible study focuses on the last uh, foundational principle called eternal judgment. And we are going to read two parables. So can you please open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 from verse 31. It says, when the son... uh, if somebody has found it, can you please read from verse 31, read quickly to 46. Yeah. 
we can't really hear you. Who's reading? Okay, let me read from here because I can't really hear you. It says from verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and the uh, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as the shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it to at least to the least of these my brethren, Ye have done it unto me. Verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left and depart from me. Ye caused into everlasting life, prepared for the devil, in, uh, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger and ye took me not in naked and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison and ye visited me not. Then shall they answer unto him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered or a thirst or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And this shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. If you look at that verse 44, it says, Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an unguard or a thirst or a stranger naked or sick, or in prison and did not minister unto thee. And one word that I just want to quickly point out there is the word minister. Because if you look at the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 2, it says, And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them to do. So these, these are two examples of ministrations. There is ministration unto the Lord, but there's also ministration unto God's unto there's ministration unto the Lord by virtue of your direct communication with the Lord, and there's also ministration by virtue of your interaction with the Lord's people. And in the judgment that you see in this Matthew 25. The judgment was that as long as they didn't do it for any of the brethren of the Lord, they didn't do it for the Lord. Another passage quickly before we start fully. Matthew chapter 13 from verse 24. It says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth food, then appeared the tars also. So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did we not we sow good seed in thy field? From whence then has it tars? He said, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Without then that we go up and gather them up. But he said, Nay. Lest while ye gather up the tars, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tars, and bind them in bundle to burn them. 
but gather the wheat into my barn. So the 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 master in this story says, wait, wait, wait until the end. And it is that issue of waiting until the end that we are discussing today. You know, um people always have the tendency to say if God was if God was just, if God was 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 fair and all these things, why is it that some people are killing some people and and, and God is doing nothing about it? The reason God is doing nothing about it is because God has already decided what he's going to do about distance. At the end, everything would have is just recompense. You know, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus was saying to the people, he said, they should, they should not be afraid of people that can kill only the body. But they should be afraid of him that can kill both the body and the soul in hell. That already tells us you saw you know that already tells us that there is a place called hell, and that is the place where the Lord would kill both the soul and the body. And people say, um, how how would the body get into hell? I can point to you know there's nothing that God does that that God would do that that there's no precedence for. Many times when you see a, a, a story in the Bible, I was thinking of, of, you know, the prophecies of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 24, where he was saying, when you see the abomination that causes desolation, and people say, uh, you know, people say, I was just thinking about it. And I realized that many, many things that are going to happen in the end time, there, there is always a preview of it somewhere in history. For example, the one the, the prophecies of Matthew twenty four are going to happen in the future, but that but on a on a smaller scale, there had been some fulfillment of it. When you know that whole Matthew twenty four story started from I think Matthew twenty three or so, and and the disciples wanted to show the Lord Jesus, ah look at this magnificent temple. And then the Lord started to tell them what will happen to the temple, that one stone would not stand upon each other. And then they were so shocked that they came to him and said, when will these things be? And then he started to tell them when these things will be. And so a few years after that temple was torn down, one of the little details was that one of the, one of their conqueror, one of the things they did was to sacrifice a pig upon the holy altar of god that is one of the one of the greatest abominations that anybody can commit and all that that's a small scale but at the end of the day you see the antichrist trying to make himself god and defiling the temple and when you see the abomination that causes desolation it is time to run so this example of hell how does god destroy the body and the soul in hell you only need to remember the story of korah Dathan, and abraham the bible says that they descended into hell alive that also tells you that hell is downstairs because the bible says the ground opened and swallowed them alive so hell is down i know <laughs> let me not see what i was going to say but the lord bless us in jesus name so why why must there be eternal judgment the reason is because one of the the simplest reasons is because every sin must be accounted for since you know god god gave me the revelation of of god as an accountant and it 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 helped my understanding of a lot of things for example romans chapter 6 verse 23 it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord look at that word wages you will see in the story of the unprofitable servant, but it said that their Lord came and he reckoned with them. Another definition of that word reckon is that he came to reconcile accounts. So if you want to look at eternal judgment, look at it as an accountant balancing his books. And, you know, so it's a case of an accountant who said, okay, time's up everybody yeah come and give account of what you did or what you did not do 
and that is the whole point of eternal judgment you know if let's quickly go to galatians chapter 3 let me show us something there galatians chapter 3 from verse 7 he said know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of abraham and the scripture foreseeing that god would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel of to abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed notice that that passage says that god preached the gospel to abraham that means the definition of gospel and 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 it says saying in thee shall all the nations be blessed so the definition of gospel does not stop at jesus came to the world and died for our sins it doesn't stop at if you accept jesus into your life your your life everything will be fine and all um, you you are accepted into the kingdom of god you don't go to hell you go to heaven it doesn't stop there because the the, the portion of the gospel that god preached to abraham was not heaven or hell it was that in thee shall all nations be blessed verse 9 says so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful abraham verse 10 for as many as are of the works of the law are under the cost for it is written cost is everyone that continued not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them and if you go back to the story of cain in uh, in in genesis cain kills his brother and he, he and then god starts to question him saying where's your brother he says am i my brother's keeper that guy was quite brave he said am i my brother's keeper well, fair enough he says okay but you are you, what you are missing is that his blood that you spilled is crying out to or crying out for judgment okay and then he says okay because this you've done this cause shall you be among people and all that and god caused him the land would not yield anything unto him the little it was yielding you know cain took the the, the judgment of adam to the next level god already caused the ground for man's sake then god caused what he already caused again for for cain's sake you know and like that but you notice that because there was no 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 formal illegal expression of the law it was not um it was not clear cut how to introduce the payment for sin so one of the things that god did was that by putting down the law in black and white god made sure that god also introduced what would be the payment for sin so by god saying the wages of sin is death god is also saying that if there is a death then it says that god is also saying that, that that death is the payment for sin what that means is that if somebody somewhere can manage to die the kind that kind of death then the then sin would be paid the debt of sin will be paid so that was is it, it, it's is in that scripture that um romans um, 6:23 that that god basically he, you he had been modeling it all through the new testament but that scripture helps us to understand what god was doing god now god used that that scripture established okay what will be the equivalent and justified punishment for sin it is death and you will see god rehearsing it all through scriptures um without without uh shedding of blood there's no remission of sin um abraham and isaac and jacob they learned to offer sacrifices moses offered sacrifices you know uh, noah offered sacrifice of god the shedding of blood the shedding of blood the shedding of blood the shedding of blood but then we get to the new testament and then jesus, the lord jesus comes and sheds his blood and that becomes payment for sin so by establishing that equation what god does is that what god did was that he he, he established grounds for some anyone that could pay to pay for the sins of man 
and and many of these old testament people even though they are dead the I don't I don't want to get into that. It's is is a is a diversion we don't need now. But suffice to say that the 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 establishment of the law was not because God thought any man could fulfill the law, but it was God's own way of setting up an equation that he himself could now come and balance so that man could find a way out of sin. Okay, and and the law is designed in such a way that you by the by your own arms or flesh you cannot fulfill the law, and the reason for that is so that when you are now saved, you know that there is nothing that you yourself could have done to save yourself because there is impossible for you as a person to fulfill the law. So the law, although perfect, was it was it was established to show man the limits of his own self uh, you know his own attempts to reach god the law was so that man could exhaust himself in trying to reach god and then cry out for mercy and at that point the mess that mercy is applied and that whole story is the basis for judgment you know in in that galatians 3 that we're reading uh, verse 23 says but before faith came we were kept under the law shut up unto the faith which should afterward be revealed wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith so like i said the the job of law of the law was it was like a schoolmaster that will pull you by the ear. You have sinned, you deserve punishment, and then the Lord drags you to the Lord Jesus. But the Lord Jesus then does not administer the punishment that you deserve because he already paid. So what, when the Lord drags you to the Lord Jesus, he, you you become justified by having faith in the punishment that the Lord Jesus already suffered for you. You know, we spoke about some of these things on Sunday. The fact that now the way you get justified is not by fulfilling the law yourself. It is by accepting by faith that which the Lord has done and you know it's funny children of god when uh, when, the when the devil attacks our ability to have faith one of the greatest one of the greatest greatest demonstrations of faith is that somebody comes to you and says hmm, all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god but and and everybody is due for judgment and the flames of hell but i have a solution and you say what's the solution and the person says you just believe that believe in your heart that the lord jesus is, is uh, died for your sins and confess with your mouth and then you open your mouth and you start to say the sinner's prayer and somehow you believe that by the fact that you have said that two minutes prayer you have passed from death unto life you have passed from the flames of hell into the kingdom of god you know how much faith that takes and then after we have done all of that and we now have faith that we are saved then when it's now time to have faith for other things that god wants us to do that is when we now start to say we don't have enough faith but you had enough faith in a two minutes prayer that you prayed that got you saved you see how the devil tries to attack our if 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 you didn't have enough faith in that two minutes prayer that you prayed you are not saved in the first place but if you had enough faith for that prayer then you have enough faith to ask god to communicate with god on other matters and expect him to answer you are we blessed so far okay nobody's listening yes sir so yes, sir. um yes, sir before the law like i said um and and one of the reasons for eternal judgment one of the reasons for eternal judgment is that it will be judgment 
is is one of the major pillars of the person of God. Judgment is one of the major is is a major pillar of righteousness. You know, uh, righteousness things like righteousness, like judgment, like His mercy, like His holiness, like His goodness. It is God that is able to balance all of these things and be God. You know, I told us that God, the God will say, God will say, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy on. And at the same time, God is also known as the judge. You know, you read Hebrews 12 verse 23, it says, you've come to the God, to God, the judge of all. So now how do you balance judgment and mercy? On one hand, you have to show mercy. On the other hand, if you are if you don't pass judgment, then there are like there are many people whose blood will be crying like the blood of Abel. How do you balance that? And what and the way God balanced that was to put both mercy and judgment upon in one, in one person called the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Jesus hung on the cross, facing God, it was him being judged, facing us. It was God having mercy upon us. And at some point, Jesus cried, My father, my why have you forsaken me? Because the Bible says God put upon him all the, the, the sin of the entire world. And because God cannot behold sin, God had to turn his face. So Jesus bore hmm, Jesus bore the 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 the, the biggest punishment that the Lord Jesus bore on the cross was not just um you know people say that that you know jesus didn't go to hell to go be beaten and all of that and and and, and put in fire and all of that by by the devil and his court and all that jesus went to to hell to wage war and he, he made an open show of principalities and powers but fundamentally the Lord Jesus suffered the biggest punishment that anybody that goes to hell will suffer and that punishment is separation from God. All the things they do in hell, those things, yeah, all the punishment and all that, the demons, you know, inflicting pain on people and all that and all that, those are punishments. But the biggest punishment anybody that goes to hell suffers, it is eternal separation from God. That was what the Lord Jesus felt on the cross when he said, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? People that go to hell and people that end up in the lake of fire, for example, are going to suffer the, the, the pain of eternal separation from the presence of God. That is a pain that is not quantifiable. But if you want to have an idea of what it looks like, then look at what Jesus was not. It wasn't the nails. It wasn't the bleeding. It wasn't the beating. It wasn't the crown of tongues. It was the the one that made him cry out was the fact that his father, for the first time ever, and the last time ever, the father the son was separated from the father that is the greatest punishment of hell that men will never see the, that those people will never see the face of god again that those people will never know what it means to enjoy the warmth and the love and the care of god you know anything about a person senses in their physical self in the in the spirit it is amplified a thousand times more and there is nobody who, who, who has walked this hard that has, that has been more spiritual than the Lord Jesus Christ. So that kind of void, he felt it more than anybody can say. And so the, the when a soul now is judged and goes to hell and is separated from the Father, the void, that is a void that no one can feel. That is a void that not anybody can do can feel it and that is the greatest all of the punishments all of the physical pain those are secondary but the pain of separation from the father is the greatest pain that anyone that goes to hell will suffer on earth the presence of the father is still felt the 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 apostle was talking of how can you say god doesn't exist when when you see him speaking through heaven all the creation he has made but in hell God is not speaking through the, the The only way God is speaking is in hell 
is by his absence, by the absence of his love, his warmth, his, his, his goodness, his mercy, his tender loving care, is all of these things. Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So quickly, what is eternal judgment? Eternal judgment, like I said, is, is, is God bringing out the account records and balancing the books. And that must be because every outstanding payment must be made. So the matter of eternal judgment is really simple. When God is when when judgment happens, the question you know God Jesus Himself is going to judge everything, and you know the the apostles we ourselves will judge angels and all that and all that. So when a man as as much as what that means is that is as much as we are on earth here doing things that qualify us for the world to come, even angels they themselves they are doing things that qualify them for the world to come, and will be the ones that will tell them. Um, you did well you didn't do too well and all that so when a man uh, uh, the matter is really simple whatever has not been paid for by the blood of jesus would have to be accounted for by the person whose name is on record so you know this is this is let me let me give us a scenario of how this whole thing works so let's say a man sins when a man sins the angels they write his name and his offense in God's ledger. The God has a ledger. God is an accountant. Never, if there's one thing you remember today, remember that God is an accountant and his balance sheet must balance. It is human beings that might not be very good with their own accounting. God's balance sheet must balance. So, okay. So, you know, the, 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 the man sins. So the angels write down his name and his offense and and the pen they use that pen does not have eraser <laughs> i hope we are following so the pen that the angels use does it have eraser but what now happens is that when that man accepts the lord jesus christ as his lord and savior the blood of jesus is the eraser that that ledger understands so the blood of Jesus erases the name of that man and the offense he has committed from the ledger of sin and writes his name in the, 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 the book of life. The ink for writing in the book of life is the blood of Jesus. So when they are writing names, they are writing that name with the blood of Jesus. So that, that, so that ink, that, that blood that erases the name of a man and his sin from the ledger of sin also puts his, is also used to put his name in the book of life. What now happens is that let's say that man never accepts the Lord Jesus Christ. What that means is that his name and his offense will remain in that ledger of sin. And then on judgment day, God will now bring out the all the laws. You know, Jesus didn't cancel the law. Jesus did not cancel the law. Jesus paid for the law. Jesus, the, the reason the law is quiet now is because we have obtained grace, and we are and we are and we are we are justified by grace through faith. That's why the law looks like it's quiet. That's why nobody's asking you to bring goat. Nobody's asking you to shed blood. Nobody's asking you to to fulfill all these all these laws and all and all. Because everything has been fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. All the blood you need to shed to cover your sins, the blood of Jesus was shed for the every the, the law came with a long list of demands. And Jesus paid for every single one of those demands. That is why we don't have to start, we don't do certain things. But, but what that also means is that what upholds you in God's kingdom is your is you holding tightly to that which the Lord did. The day a person lets that sleep, then the Lord will show their face and say, well, what stopped me from from condemning you you've let it go it's like it's like when a child when a child goes to look for trouble and then he comes running and hiding behind his father you know as long as that child is behind his father 
the father would defend him and say, ah, he's a kid and all that and all that. But if, if that child, for some reason, severs his relationship with the father, then whatever has been chasing him to deal with him would eventually catch up with him. Satan, the reason Satan can't just do anything he wants with us is because we are hiding behind the father. Because we are hiding behind Jesus. We are, we are inside Jesus. Jesus is inside God. So Satan would have to kill God, open God, bring out Jesus, kill Jesus, open Jesus before he can find you. And then at that point, then he can do whatever he wants to do. But so if a man decides to step out of the shadow of the Almighty and the covering of the Lord Jesus, of the blood of Jesus, then the the devil that has been walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour will find such a person. So there, that's also why there's nothing called once saved, forever saved. Okay, let's continue. So what happens is that. On judgment day, that man that didn't accept the Lord Jesus Christ, on judgment day, he now starts to he now needs to start balancing his, his offenses with the Lord Jesus. You know, somebody usually jokes that, <laughs> that on judgment day, God will buy two bottles of Coke. <laughs> he will give you one, he will take one. Both of you will be sipping and you'll be you'll be going over the legends looking at how you are going to balance the book. God already knows that you cannot balance the book because the only thing that can balance that book you do not accept the blood of Jesus. So but God will give you chance so that no at the end of the day, the person that is heading to hell will still will head to hell knowing that God is just, knowing that God is righteous. Knowing that God is faithful, knowing that God is the rewarder, that person would not be happy going to hell, but that person would be satisfied beyond every reasonable that, that God was just, that God is just. That's the one of the old points of judgment because people say, ah, maybe you've already thrown them in hell. No, they will come out of hell. And they will come and face their God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and start to explain matters. And then when they finish explaining, then the Lord will lay out for them why it has gone that way. And then they're going to the lake of fire. So um, there are two main, judge quickly, there are two main judgments in the scriptures. There is number one, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, let's quickly open First Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 10. Uh, Mr. Tim, can you read for us please from verse 10 to 15 quickly? Yes, sir. You lost your Bible. No, I didn't. First Corinthians 3, 10 to 15 quickly, please. 3, 10 to 15. So, 3, 10. Okay. According to... <clears throat> According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builded thereof. But let every man take heed how he builded thereupon. For all the foundations can no man lay than that is than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive the reward. If any man's work shall be burned, shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. For he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Hallelujah. So you see that this judgment seat of Christ, anybody that faces that judgment cannot go to hell anymore. The reason you face that judgment at all is because you are blood washed. You know, Second uh, Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he has done, whether it is good or bad. So the judgment seat of Christ is also going to judge your good and your bad. You know, Hmm. Unfortunately, not everything we do as children of God is good. Things like, uh, like, and and 
by God's definition of good, like I've told us before, it is only the Father that 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 is good. So anything you do that the Father did not send you to do, as far as God is concerned, that thing is not good. Even if you say you are doing it for God, if the Father did not endorse it, it is not good. So the bad that the apostle is talking of here is not bad in the sense of sin. It is bad in the sense of all those times that you, what Jesus is going to be judging basically is all the times that you strayed away from the blueprint he wrote for your life. So God, if I can put it in this basic term, on, on at the judgment seat of Christ, God, Jesus will bring out a ruler. And he will use that ruler. That ruler is himself. He is the standard. So basically, he's going to bring out a ruler and use that ruler to measure how straight your life was. Straight in the sense that, okay, this is what I, this is the graph of what the father's plan for you was and the destiny he had for you and the things you are supposed to do. This is the graph of what you did. How well does what you have done measure up to what the father asked of you? And the other thing is that we are also going to be judged by how much we measure to up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. There is there is the fullness of Christ in terms of salvation. There is in food. There is the fullness of Christ in terms of the portion, the the side of Jesus you were meant to represent and reflect to the world. So how well you measure up to that stature of that fullness that the Father said you as an individual should. Show the world. So if God says, my friend, my son, I'm sending you to the world to be the greatest financier of the kingdom we have ever seen. And then you are, and then God gives you power to, for, to get wealth and you acquire all that money and you do not do as much for the kingdom as God said you should. Or at this judgment seat of Christ, God is going to measure what you have done. He's going to see if it is gold, if it is wood, if it is hay, if it is stubble. And according to that standard, have you done golden work? Have you done silver? Have you done precious stones? Have you done wood? All the things you have done, have, are they stubble? Have you done things that are more in line with how you think they should go versus how God thinks they should go. You know, this that's the danger of that scripture that says, there is a way that seems right unto man, but at the end, that's the unfortunate side of it. He didn't say at the middle. He didn't say three quarters of the way. He said at the end. That is a scripture that points to judgment. The man that has been going that way, that way seemed right to him. It seemed commonsensical to him. It seemed reasonable to him. It seemed useful. It seemed like, like the logical thing to do. Yet, it is at the end. God is, God is the God that waits at the end though. He, he, he waits at the hand for men. You you are saved. Wonderful. But if, if there's one prayer, we should always pray that God. Um, that's why the apostle said, judge yourself so that you won't be judged. Because God is the God that will keep quiet and wait till the end. And then at the end, he will come and show you, son, this is what I asked you to do. This is what you did. So we ourselves, one of the greatest prayers I've told us before is to always pray that God. Where am I? How far am I? Where you in your plan, in your purpose for my life? What am I doing? Am I building with gold? <laughs> am I building with silver? Notice that I said that the foundation is Christ. So it is what what you are now laying on your foundation of Christ. How much does Christ mean to you? How, 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 how much of an effort? How much of 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 of, of of Christ is being formed in you such that are you building with gold or are you building with wood? And I'm telling you, the, one of the greatest prayers you can consistently pray is that God will continue to show you how far you are. You might be shocked that you think you are doing well and you, are not, you have not even started. And it is better that God tells you now and breaks your heart now 
so that you won't be working on a way that seems right to you. It seems reasonable to you. It seems like, in fact, it can even seem like the logical interpretation of what God told you until you find out that even though God told you that was not the way God said you should do what he told you. All of that, if we don't ask to be told, to be to be assessed now. You know, that's why we have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can assess us now. So that the judgment of sit of one of the things that I say this jokingly, but it's true. Because the one of the things, one of the features of the of the judgment seat of Christ is that there will be a lot of handkerchief. God will bring God will come with receipts and God will come with a lot of handkerchief. Because the Bible says that he will wipe the tears. Why do you think God will be wiping their tears in wiping tears in heaven? The tears of people that will see what God has destined them to become and, and how they didn't even get halfway. And then God will say, Okay, here's an handkerchief. No need to cry anymore. What is done is done. You can't change it. It does even but even after God has finished wiping all the tears, God is still not going to pay you what you didn't work for. So it will give you handkerchief to wipe your tears, but it's not going to reward you for what you did not do. It, 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 God, God is not going to reward potential. God rewards actions. Oh, you have the potential to do this. Did you do it or not? Satan has the potential to change. Is it going to change? Not a chance. Okay, so the second judgment quickly is the great white throne judgment you see that in revelations chapter 20 from verse 11 to 15 revelations 20 11 to 15 um it says oh i don't think i got that one right see oh sorry i said revelation 20 but i'm in revelations 11 Lord have mercy. Revelation 20, yeah, 20, 11, 15. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the heart and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the book of life. So you see, the books were opened. One of the books that was opened is that ledger of sin. The other book that is open is the book of life. Clearly, if a person's name still remains in the ledger of sin, that person's name is not going to be in the book of life. So, the book of life is to say, okay, your name is not here. That is the reason why you are facing this judgment. And then the person says, Lord, by the way, what did I do? You know, imam means are interesting. Lord, what did I do? I don't deserve to be okay. Hey, angel, um, I don't know the name of the angel now. Come, bring open the ledger of sin. Let's show him what he did. So it says, um, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. Notice it said that they were judged out of things that were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. So the roll call, the book of life is the roll call. The other books are to show you why a that why is to the other books are to show a person why that person's name did not make it into the roll call. Okay. So the, the major differences between these two judgments is that for the judgment of Christ is the judgment of rewards, what you did, what you didn't do, what you should have done, and all of that. But the great white throne judgment is a judgment of, the, of, of relationship with Jesus. There is nobody that faces the great white throne judgment that will escape punishment. It is, it is, it is not the case at the white throne judgment. It is not the case of should we punish you? Or should we not punish you? You know, uh, let you, you argue your case. Lawyer, I won't argue your case. No, 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 no. 
at the great white throne, this is the, is the part where the judge of the old heart will give his verdict, open the books and give his verdicts on all, all the actions of man. And then he will declare what the punishment will be. So basically, anybody that shows up at the great white throne judgment is already guilty. And one question that the Lord would ask on that day is that what did you do with Jesus? Because if you had done any, if you had done right with Jesus, you would not be facing this judgment. So the question is, what did you do with Jesus? For some people, the answer will be that when they were offered Jesus, they rejected. For some people, the answer will be that. They accepted Jesus, but then three weeks away by the life they live. You know, I've told us before that the Holy Ghost comes powerfully. He lives quietly. It's, that's also the principle of salvation. People, you get saved instantly. But sometimes people lose people lose their salvation over a period of time. Uh, to the point that for many people, you can't actually pinpoint the point where they lost it. And that is the danger. You, 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 there is no way in scriptures that that states in exact terms the point at which you lose it. But the point is, if you keep, there is a certain lifestyle that if you keep that lifestyle up, eventually you lose your salvation. You can say there is grace, there is grace, there is grace, there is grace, there is grace. But the day will come where you slip out of the grace. And lose that salvation. So that question on that is, what would you, what did you do with Jesus? For 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 the believers, this is a major difference. For the believers at the judgment seat of Christ, the question is, what did you do for Jesus that you accepted? You accepted Jesus. That's why you are at the judgment seat of Christ. The question is that, what did you do for Him, or what did you not do for Him? But at the great white throne judgment, the, the, the question is, what did you do with Jesus that you were offered? Because nobody, there is no one that will, be, that will, say they, that, that will face that judgment and say they, will, they didn't hear about Jesus. Because the, one of the things the, the scripture says that the gospel will be preached to the hands of the earth and then the end will come. So nobody is going to face that place, that judgment, and not hear about Jesus. So the question will be, what did you do with the Jesus that you heard about? And the results of the two judgments are, are different. For the believers, for the, the judgment seat of Christ, it's, it's either a gain of reward or loss of reward. We have spoken of, you know, people's works being burnt with fire. That means everything they spend their hearts do their lives doing are, were not of eternal value, were ephemeral, were things earthly, were, were things that 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 were worldly. They spent so much of their time amassing worldly things, thinking go in a worldly way and all these things. And then when they are subjected to the test of the fire of the Holy Ghost, everything is burnt. It says, the, the, like that First Corinthians 3 that we read, it says, the person will eventually be saved, but it will be saved hmm, like someone that passed through fire. Do you know how someone that passed through fire looks like? The person is born. The person will suffer bonds. The person is most likely going to be naked because all the things they cover themselves with, they will find out that those things are worthless in the in the in, in uh, by the standards of God. And so they will they will, they will, but they will be saved, but they will suffer loss. And I pray that we won't suffer loss in the name of Jesus. For for the. People that face the great white throne judgment, like I said, it is lake of fire. And most importantly, eternal separation from God. It is not the fire that is the issue. The Lord already said, I'll be when, when you pass through fire, I will be with you. When you pass through water, it will not overwhelm you. So the issue is not even the fire. The issue is not water. The issue is the, the issue 
is that these people will pass through that fire without the person and the presence of God holding their hand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego passed through fire. It didn't hurt them. In fact, their clothes did not smell of smoke because the fourth person of the Trinity was the fourth person. The, the fourth, there was a fourth person who is Jesus Christ who was walking in that fire with them. But for unbelievers at the great white throne judgment, it will be that they pass through the lake of fire without the God of heaven holding their hands. At the judgment seat of Christ, God will wipe away tears. At the great white throne judgment, tears will not stop flowing. Therefore, in conclusion, we must not only strive to avoid eternal judgment, we must also strive to make sure that when we face Jesus and he's saying, these are the things I said you should do for me, we will be able to say, Lord, the, to, you know, I told us when Catherine Kuhlman, when she was alive and, and somebody asked her towards the end of her life that when you see Jesus, what are you going to say to him? And she said, I will tell Jesus I tried. That's what she said. She said, I will tell him. You know I tried. And God will say, yes, you tried. Yes, you did your best. It doesn't, whether, it, doing your best is not a function of, um, of, of, oh, is, um, of mega resources and all that. It's a function of the, we, we, to the best of your ability, whether your ability is big, whether your ability is small, to the best of that big or small ability, do your best for god and finally we must also make sure that we don't only face the judgment seat of christ and we are we are we are applauded we must also seek to pull others out of the fire it is not enough that we are on our way to heaven we we must we must have an entourage we must have people we must also drag people with us uh, making sure they escape from the fires of hell and they are with us in heaven. Daniel 12.3 says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn men into righteousness as the stars forever and ever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, that, that brings us to the end of our, our foundational principle series. So wherever you are, just bow down your ears and just respond to God. Say, Lord, I thank you because I've passed from death to life. I thank you because I've passed from death to life. I thank you because I've passed from death to life. I can't hear anybody pray. Lord, we thank you because we have passed from death to life. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you because we have passed from death to life. Thank you because we are of the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. That we, know, that we do not have to suffer eternal separation from your presence. That we do not have to suffer eternal separation from you. <laughs> that we don't have to suffer you not being able to see your face forever and ever and ever and ever. Lord, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. Now, quickly also ask God for the grace to show this light unto others. The grace to be able to bring others into 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 the light that we have found, into the sacred, into into a fellowship with the Lord Jesus. The grace to do the same, to to extend the grace that we have found to other people, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, we give you glory, thank you, Father, we give you praise, thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Um, in just one minute, I want you to respond to God personally. I don't know. We, we've gone through all these foundational principles. And whatever is on your mind, just take two minutes to respond to God. Ask that God, whatever it is, just express yourself to God in two minutes. His Father, His King, His Lord, His Judge, His Everything. Oh Lord, we ask.
help us help us help us to stay true to your pattern help us to stay true to your working help us to stay true to that pattern from heaven ask god for for some people is that they know what god has said called them to do but they have not started doing it for some of us we might not even know what god has called us to do in the first place so ask if you don't know what god has called you to be asked that god will give you a revelation of why he sent you here there is no soul that has ended up on this planet by accident but that god will give us a revelation of why we are here in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we ask for a revelation of why you have sent us here and what you have called us to do. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we just thank you for this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Thank you for the opportunity to learn at your feet. Father, we have gone through the foundational principles. Help us that this doctrine of Christ will be set in our spirit and that we will build upon it with gold, with silver, with precious stones in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask everybody listening this evening that, Lord, you give them a revelation of why you have sent them here. All of us will know why we are here and our Lord will give us the grace to pursue the fulfillment of why you sent us in the name of Jesus. Thank you because the rest of the week of your people is blessed. They are far from oppression. Everything that troubles the world passes them by because they are sealed with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. No sickness, no diseases will come near us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.